This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker. Nickel on Kevin Durant to win NBA MVP at plus 550 or a grand on whatever player you'd like. I'll pass on Durant. I would go elsewhere. I've got an MVP ticket that I actually think has a chance here. And at points bet, Jokic is 8-1. to one. Before the year started, I got Jokic at 33-1. to one. Boban chasing Jokic. Jokic driving, spinning, and that is fancy. I need the Nuggets to start winning some ball games here. But what he's doing every night, like, it, he He's a triple-double threat every single night. I go with my guy, Jokic. Porzingis battling. He's playing with five fouls. He's got Jokic trapped up on the sideline, but Jokic got free. Porter in the corner, and oh, no, is right. Oh, man, he is a hooper. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the bet. I think it's still alive. Now, I think some people are biased. I'm seeing some MVP rankings right now out there putting Jokic number one. I wouldn't quite... Uh, put him up there. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, live on the bet, 1430 in Denver. The bet, 93.1 HD3 in Los Angeles. And the radio.com app at BetQL Daily on Twitter. And and Ross, you have to be a talented writer. If you're going to cover the Bulls, and in your time in Chicago, you're going to be out there telling everyone that the bad boy Pistons were so much better than the 90s Bulls, you've got to be a talented dude. And that's what Vincent Goodwill is because that's what he was doing at his time in Chicago at Vince Goodwill on Twitter. He's now senior NBA writer over at Yahoo Sports. What's going on, Vincent? That's not exactly what I was doing. Oh, but if come you, on, if man. You want to make <laughs> I, I won't. I won't take umbrage. Did, well, did so you, wait, Vince? Never met you before, Ross Tucker. Good to talk with you. Evidently, Joe knows what you know what he read. You got to give me the background on this, man. Well, I'm a native Ross, and um, I grew up as a child of the bad boys, which means that by blood and by birth, you hate Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and everything around it. So when I came to Chicago, everybody started trying to troll me to ask me if my allegiances changed when that has nothing to do with A, journalism, or B, common sense. So if you're going to troll me about what Michael Jordan means to the league and everything else, I won't argue. But if you're going to challenge me on what Michael Jordan means to Detroit, I always say we beat him three times. He beat us once. (laughs) Did you enjoy what MJ had to say about Isaiah in the dance? When he said Isaiah Thomas was the second greatest playing guard of all time behind Magic Johnson, I thought that was the one time he was ever injected with troop serum. Um, the second part, not not as much. I, I felt like, hey, if you're going to ask a guy to be in your documentary, right, then you're not going to invite him to the stage to just bash him. But this is Michael Jordan. We're talking about the pettiest human being to ever walk the face of the earth. And a part of me says, you know what? Rivalries never die. I can honestly respect that sort of thing. So it, it honestly is two-sided. I just think that Michael Jordan was a very small man for keeping Isaiah off of the dream team. And that's something I will never let go of. 
You know what's interesting, Vince? I know we're going to get into the current NBA and betting and all that stuff, but I came away from the Jordan documentary. I don't remember what it was called or whatever, but the dance, uh, the day, like I came away thinking, man, I feel like, I feel like I'd be happier and more content than, than, uh, than Michael Jordan is. If I were him, like, like the whole Charles Barkley thing where he doesn't talk to one of his best friends because Barkley said he's not a good owner, which he isn't like, I, I don't know. I just, You'd think he'd be more like above that stuff. I, I, I you know, he. I came across thinking he, on some level, Michael Jordan ha- kind of had a a sadder existence than I would think I would have it if I were him. I think what happens, Ross, and I think it's a great observation. I think what happens is when you've reached the height of heights that he had, and there's nothing that's ever going to replicate being that good at one thing probably better than anybody else in the world, right? If you can think of something that a person is excellent at, like someone being a great public speaker or someone, you know, like let's say Tom Brady, if Tom Brady is your greatest quarterback of all time, you know, that type of thing. There may have never been another human being as great as any one thing that like Michael Jordan was good at basketball and to know that you can never because of time, because of your body, because of gravity, that you'll never be able to be that person again. You cannot, you know, freeze yourself in time and be 31-year-old Michael Jordan for the rest of your life. That's probably a pretty lonely existence when you live to dominate people, when you feel like your entire work is predicated on making yourself better than any and everybody else. Once you come to that realization, I think, yeah, it is a pretty sad and lonely existence as opposed to embracing what you were you're looking at all the things that have been taken taken away from you by time, especially you know let's let's say that people believe that he's being threatened by the greatness or the existence of LeBron James. I don't think so. I can say all the Detroit stuff I want, but I think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player that I will ever see in my lifetime. And there's nothing that I've seen or that I will see over the next few years of LeBron that will change that. But to some people, that's not the case. And Michael Jordan has rabbit ears and Michael Jordan is petty (laughs) and he wants to be the greatest in everybody's mind. So the fact that someone is even willing to have the discussion is probably insulting to him. The last dance. I don't know why I keep calling it the dance. Don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Vincent, we're at about the 20 game mark for some teams, but some teams way back at the 13 game mark. That's kind of what you get in the 2021 NBA Mm -hmm. season. What have you learned so far about some teams, some players that uh, wasn't on your radar before the year started? Just you know what? Honestly, it, it's more like some of the younger guys, some of the rookies, like uh, not Le- I would say some Lonzo Ball, but Lamelo Ball and Charlotte. As we were just talking about Michael Jordan being a terrible owner, he made a pretty good draft pick there. Gordon Hayward in Charlotte was the best free agency pickup. When not to say that I thought he was done, but that whole Boston experience where you were literally the third best swingman on your own team, I didn't think that he had this type of season and production in him for a team that, you know, if the season were to end today or whatever, or normalcy, you know, whatever, what have you, they would be in the playoffs. The Charlotte Hornets would be in the playoffs largely on the contributions and the leadership of Gordon Hayward. That's something I did not expect. A rookie in Sacramento, Tyrese Halliburton, who is a mid, mid, you know, lottery pick could probably be rookie of the year. So there's certain players like that who 
you know, you could talk about Joel Embiid being to, to my to my eyes the MVP so far, and or Jeremy Grant in Detroit being the most uh, improved player. But to me, a lot of the rookies, the guys that we didn't see a whole lot of last year because of the way the college season played out, we didn't have March Madness and everything else. Like those are a couple of the guys that I think were kind of surprising to me because we just didn't have like a folder full of evidence coming into this season. Vince, you saying Embiid is the MVP, music to my ears. Um, I'm a Sixers fan. I guess let's start with them, man. I mean, 12 and 6, can you tell me, like, is this real? Do you think they have a chance to actually not lose in the first round or the second round, maybe even get to the finals? Well, A, is this real? Absolutely it is. In In my opinion, it's real. They can still lose in the second round because I think the East is that is that good. I think the East, the quality of the East is such that a team can lose in the second round or go to the finals. And I don't think it's an indictment one way or the other. I think it's like a product of the matchups. And Ross, you said you're a Sixers fan. So let me start by saying my condolences. Because <laughs> you've been a Sixers fan. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's been some tough real estate to hold on to the past, the past several years. But I think it's starting to pay off. Here's why I think it's real. I think even if I don't think that Doc Rivers is a top three coach, I think he's a competent coach, a top half coach, a good coach. And I think you probably had one of the worst coaches in basketball in Brad Brown for the past few years. So when you bring in someone that's, that's good and competent, has a track record, you're going to start establishing accountability. I think Joel Embiid being so talented and so gifted now he's had a, a standard that he's had to live up to. It hasn't necessarily worked on Ben Simmons, which is why if they don't make the finals, I think you got to start entertaining, hey, what can we get for him? Because I don't know if this formula is going to work. But I can see if you guys go up against, and I say you guys because you're a fan, if the 76ers go up against the Brooklyn Nets, let's say they are in the Eastern Conference Finals or more Milwaukee, sometimes the dude who plays closer to the basket wins. And I know this is a three-point shooting league and everything else, but sometimes whoever's got the best bigs, the most versatile bigs, the guys who can get the easiest baskets, the closest to the rim, sometimes that's still good enough. This is BetQL Daily on the Bet. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, our guest, Vincent Goodwill, senior NBA writer for Yahoo. So the Pels make it public. They say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let people know. Lonzo Ball, J.J. Redick, we are open to making a deal. Our guy, Ryan McDonough, NBA insider here, he's like, in other words, they're saying, please make better trade offers. Do you think Lonzo Ball has moved? I mean, guess what? There are a lot of women I would love to date, and I will put myself out there on Twitter and say, hey, Sanaa Lathan, hey, Nia Long, hey, insert Scarlett Johansson. Yes, please date me. It don't mean that they'll actually date me. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what that's what yeah. I feel like they're doing with Lonzo Ball. They're saying, "Hey, someone, please come take Lonzo Ball to the dance." But you you've got to find someone who legitimately wants him. And the most attractive thing, and I know Ross, Ross, former you know NFL guy, you know it's like I do. Sometimes the most attractive player is a player under team control, where. You're, you're on a rookie contract. You don't have to pay him, so you can kind of see and, and scout around and everything else. That's the most attractive thing about Lonzo Balls, his age and his youth. But I don't see anything in his game that says, okay, you know what, let me take a chance on him as a starting caliber point guard, which is what he was billed as as the second pick in the draft a few years ago from the Lakers. 
and you're going to have to still pay him at least, you know, six or seven million dollars for the next couple of years. I don't know if as a starter he's valuable, but maybe as a backup, as a, you know, hybrid third guard off the bench type of thing that can come in and play 20 minutes a game. But as somebody that you're expecting to drive your car, I don't know if he has that level of assertiveness. And I don't know what you do with that. That To me, that also means that, hey, we're still going to be looking around in the draft for another point guard down the line. So I don't even know if he's worth taking going even in the short term. All right, Vincent, uh, the Jazz won again last night. They're rolling 13-4. and four. Are they a legit threat to win the title? And what do you think about them against the Mavs tonight? Well, legit threat to win the title, not so much. But I do like what they are doing, Ross. I do like the fact that they are one of the better defensive teams in basketball. I think sometimes we look at them and say, oh, maybe Donovan Mitchell can't be your best player and you win a championship. And, and maybe maybe part of that is it has a level of truth to it, but I'm not going to take away from the way that they play, like the style you know, that they played in. And when you've won nine straight games, when you're holding teams like, a, like the Brooklyn Nets, when you've held Brooklyn under 100, even though you, you know what I'm saying, when you're holding some of these teams you know, under 100 and you got the good defense that you have, yeah, I do think that you're a legitimate threat. I don't think they're necessarily in the same class as the Lakers, but do I think that if they get stuff together that they could actually make the, you know, make the Lakers sweat a little bit? Yeah. But in this two-game set that they'll have with, with Dallas c- coming up, they're going to make life pretty miserable for Luka Doncic. Like, I would not be surprised if Luka was held, you know, under his numbers or if at least he got his numbers. He, they w- he wouldn't be at an efficient pace just because their defense is so good Lakers last few games uh LeBron goes to Cleveland goes off on Monday and Chicago AD goes off in his hometown they beat the Bucks before that what are you expecting tonight against the Sixers with the Lakers more of the same I think they're just in a groove right now they're they are in such a a great rhythm and even though this they're they've been on the road for almost like a week and usually you start to see a law with a West Coast team going east or an East Coast team going west. Usually when you hit that week mark, you're like, man, we want to get back home. And even though this is an unorthodox NBA season, there's still some advantages to being at home, even if you're on like semi-lockdown, semi which is what the Lakers kind of have to be on because they're in you know L.A. County and everything else. But I, I expect a very competitive game tonight just because of how good Philly is, the size that they have but they don't have anybody that can contain LeBron James. Like Ben Simmons is reasonably close physically in terms of height and length, but he just doesn't have the girth to to go against LeBron if LeBron decides to put him on the box. Like Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, as we, as we spoke about earlier, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup, but the matchup tonight will probably be LeBron against Tobias Harris or LeBron against Ben Simmons, and he's just too big, too fast, too strong, and too assertive for all of those guys. So that's, if me, that's the matchup that I would be looking at tonight. I would now expect the Lakers, if they're going to have some trouble, they'd have trouble tonight rather than tomorrow in Detroit or even Saturday in Boston. Uh, Vincent Goodwell, we only have a few seconds left. Excited, uh, yes or no, to have Jim Harbaugh back at Michigan? Uh, (laughs) You can't ask me such a question like that on air with no preparation. I am cautiously optimistic, okay? And and I I am fearful. I am fearful of the future, okay? Can I say that? Fearful. 
You're good. Thank Vincent Goodwill, Yahoo Sports. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Vince Goodwill. Appreciate the kind. This is BetQL Daily. You are locked into the bet.